You're listening to Perry Noble's Thoughts on leadership, vision, and creativity. For daily insight, please check out perrynoble.com. Well, hello and welcome to the June 2012 edition of the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. Woo-hoo. My name's Shane, and I'll be your host today. But before we get into today's topic, Perry, I wanted to give you a chance to let some of our listeners know what's coming up, New Spring Church, Fall 2012. All right, listen up. We got two things. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because most of you already know. But if you don't know, you should know the NLC is coming September 6th. Matt Chandler, Stephen Furtick, James McDonald, Judah Smith, Andy Stanley, Judd Wilhite. It's 139 bucks right now, but at the uh, like July 1st, that's like the first day of next month. It goes to 159, and it's going to sell out. So you better get registered ASAP. Unleash.cc/nlc is where you can find that information. Second thing, leadership intensive. The reason we call it the leadership intensive is because it's about leadership and it's intense. It's November 12th through 14th. The price is 850 bucks. Registration ends July 16th. It is an application process. We only accept about 50 to 60 people. So if you want to get an application in, you better get it in ASAP. $850. Um, and it's, it's for pastors, business leaders, church leaders, youth pastors. It, it doesn't matter. If you're a leader that wants to take your leadership to the next level, get there. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a great time. Sounds like fun. I just wanted to mention, too, at the New Spring Leadership Conference, we will have a guy named Perry Noble speaking along with those other six fellas. I'm going to actually rap and do some interpretive dance. And that'll be the last with, with New ribbons. Spring Leadership Conference with we will ribbons. ever have. I'm going to ask Stephen Furtick <laughs> to join me on stage, and we're going to do an interpretive dance to Arise My Love. It's okay. going to be amazing. Our, liters, our listeners are getting scared, so we're going to stop right there. He's just kidding, I promise. All right, here we go. Today's topic, big deal. Uh, I'm, I'm excited that we're going to talk about this today because it's so easy to forget, especially for people um, who lead churches, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Uh, the t- today's topic is we're in the people business. Uh, again, like last month, we're going to uh, take a look into one of our all-staff meetings. Again, for any listener who hasn't uh, listened in before. This is uh, meetings that we have once a month where you pour leadership and vision specifically into our staff. It's not something we broadcast, not something that's out there for everybody's consumption. But for last month and this month, we thought it would be important to give our listeners a little sneak peek into what that's like, but more importantly, uh, what you were teaching on those particular days. I believe this comes from our all staff this past March. Uh, and uh, you shared a story about Jesus uh, on his way to, to heal um, a man's daughter. Actually, uh, anyway, Mark, Matthew 9, Mark 5, Luke 8, you'll find the story there. His name was Jarius. Don't miss it. Read that and then listen to a little clip from our all-staff meeting. If we ever forget that people are our business, we will get derailed. We are in the people business. People ask me all the time, do you count numbers? Yes, why? Because we're in the people business. If people stop showing up, guess what? We're out of business. People don't show up at a church. A church can, I mean, we we need people, and we are in the people business. Now, how did you read a story that most of you have all read about Jesus, right? It's the story where Jesus is on his way to heal the guy's daughter, correct? And the crazy woman comes up to him in the crowd. And I don't know if you've ever read it this way. By the way, I don't know if you've listened to Bishop T.D. Jake's message that he preached at Code, Code Orange Revival on that passage. If you haven't, do that at some point today. It will smoke you. I mean, it is amazing. So I'm not going to go into it. 
Um, but the thing that stuck out about that passage to me is that Jesus was on his way to do a spectacular ministry, right? A dead girl, and you know the girl's dead, is going to come back to life. I mean, you're going to pick up some more Facebook friends. You're going to get more Twitter followers. I mean, this is all about spectacular ministry. But when the, when the woman who, number one, was not supposed to touch Jesus, because if you touched a rabbi, I mean, J Jesus was ceremonially clean, and she was ceremonially unclean, and she, she was not supposed to touch him. Second of all, she was a woman. I mean, women in that society just were not looked up to at all. In fact, they were looked down upon. In fact, most of them were viewed as property. She pushes her way through the crowd. She touches Jesus, and the thing that I've never seen in that text that really stuck out to me is Jesus stopped pursuing spectacular ministry because the spectacular ministry was found in what he was doing for the one. He stopped. He gave her individual attention. He ministered to her. He took care of her need, and then he moved on. And that's just been a lesson to me um, since I've came out of my whole craziness with depression and stuff that I've came back full circle to, you know what? Guys, if it's not for crazy people, we don't have a job. Like, we complain about the crazy people, but you know what? They're crazy because something is off in their life. And they either need Christ or they've got to focus on Christ in a particular area of their life. So I wrote down just three things underneath this point that kind of are, help me, and I hope they help you. Um, I think they will um, in, in regards to dealing with people. Number one, on Sundays, don't look past people. Now, don't look past people. When you say, what do you mean when you say don't look past people? What I mean is, I caught myself doing this years ago, and I've had to stop. When I'm having a conversation in the lobby on a Sunday, have a conversation with that person, and don't look past them to see who else you can talk to that might be a better conversation. You know what I'm saying? And, and the reason most of you are nodding your heads is because you've done it. And the reason I know, you, the reason I know how... Um, it feels as because I've done it too. I'm talking to this person, but I'm like, oh God, look at this guy over here. I want to go talk to this guy. I want to go here. I want to go here. No, when you talk to people, we as staff members should make them feel like they're the only person in the room. Because when you're having that conversation at the time, that conversation is all that matters. So don't look past people. The second thing I, I jotted down is don't get distracted from people. Now, this is something that I, I don't think a lot of us struggle with, but I want to address it because I think if I don't address it, this time next year, I've got to address it. You know what I'm saying? I, I think we don't struggle with this, but I found this quite interesting. Uh, I was reading through uh, the, the employment evaluations that you all get. You, you know, you get a three-month evaluation and you get a one-year evaluation, and it's your chance to evaluate New Spring Church. We're not evaluating you you're evaluating the church. And I read all of those. The SMT reads all of them. I sit down and I read all of them word for word. And I've learned a lot from those things. And I, I read this one and I was like, oh my gosh, I've seen that happen too. And I want to mention it. And then we're going to talk about it. And then it never needs to happen again. Because and like I said, it's not a lot, but I want to go ahead and nip this in the bud. Here it is. Um, what bothers, it was one of the questions like, what bothers you or do we do anything off you know, I'm not going to mention the person's name, but anyway, here we go. We like to play with our phones a lot, perhaps too much. I see a lot of staff members' thumbs scrolling up and down, usually Twitter, on Sundays, 
while walking or standing among attenders and volunteers. When I was an intern, I saw a staff member thumbing Twitter during an all-staff once. This is not only disrespectful, but we are missing out on opportunities to serve guests. Hmm. We, we just don't need to do that anymore. We just don't need to do that anymore. Tweet on Sundays, tweet after the service. Facebook on Sundays, Facebook after the service. But if you're tweeting on a Sunday, you're missing an opportunity to talk to the people that God has brought here for us to minister to. And God help somebody if I see you thumbing through Twitter in an all-staff. All right, number three. Um, don't think that you're better than people. Oh my gosh, I've, I've done this so many times. Don't think that you're better than people. Let me tell you something, guys, as I'm surveying the landscape of ministers today and very popular ministers that many of us respect, let me tell you, they're not going to have a long-term impact on society. If I were to call some of their names, many of you respect them, many of us respect them, many of us read them, but they're not going to have any long-term impact. You know why? They're not nice. They're mean. They're a-holes, if you, if you really... And their perception is, the reason you should listen to me is because I'm smarter than you and I'm better than you. Okay, do you want that guy coming over to your house for dinner? No. And most people, in fact, lost people don't want to go to that person's church. I started thinking, oh my gosh, you know what I need to do in my life more? This is just me talking out of conviction. I just need to be nice. I just, like when somebody comes up to you on a Sunday and they show you, I was reading in my quiet time, look at what I read, and they show you John 3.16, you should lose your freaking mind. You shouldn't go, well, yeah, I was reading that the other day in the Greek, and it's kind of said, you know, it's said, no, no, no. You should give them a high five and go, thank you so much for sharing that with me. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Because as soon as we start telling them, oh, yeah, I mean, I read that five years ago. I was hoping you'd catch up with me. We've just communicated to them that we kind of think you're better. We kind of think we're better than you. So just be nice. We should be nice to people. And so I started thinking about this, and I ran this by SMT. Everybody agrees. This will be, um, be fun. Once a quarter, every staff member volunteers in the care room. Every staff member. Once a quarter. I don't care if it's not your gift. It will be once a quarter. <laughs> From production to web to children to youth, once a quarter, you're in the care room. Here's why. I want you to come eye to eye with the people God's called us to reach. And if you and I, and listen, I'm in this too. I'm not asking you to do something I'm not doing. If you and I lose sight of who we're trying to reach, then discipleship, IT, web, youth, children, it becomes a crowd, not an individual. All right. Again, awesome, awesome teaching. And I just want to ask you a few questions uh, about this, Perry, uh, basically from the segments you shared. Uh, the first one was don't look past people. Yes. Uh, you, you challenged our staff to not look past people. So um, without people, obviously, we have no church. But why do we drift away from focusing 
on this truth? Well, what happens is we get focused on what I call spectacular ministry. And the, the focus becomes on the process more than the person. And when we care more about the process than we do the person, we lose out. You know, in that story, Jesus is on his way to heal um, uh, the gentleman's daughter. And that, that's, a pre- that's pretty important, especially if you're the guy. But Jesus wasn't all about the process. He was about the person. And when the woman touched the hem of his robe, which was actually a confession that he was the Messiah, um, it stopped him. And right there, he modeled for us, you know what, I care about people more than I do the process. You see that when they brought the little children to Jesus, because in that culture and in that context, children were looked down upon. Children were not um, valued like we value kids today. I mean, children were like second-class citizens, but Jesus valued people more than he did the process. And he said, you know what? bring these little children to me and do not hinder them. He rebuked people from holding back the kids. and But what happens is when ministry starts growing and people start showing up and programs start taking place, we care about, about more about our processes um, than people, and that's, that's a dangerous, dangerous place to be as a leader. You mentioned uh, in the talk this concept of focusing on the one. Why is this so important? Well, once again, I go back to Jesus, the best leader ever, and he did this. He did this very well. Um, You see this in the book of Acts. Um, One of my favorite uh, stories is Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8, where Philip is doing spectacular ministry. I mean, the beginning of Acts chapter 8, Philip is preaching, and and like lots of people are being converted. And then God sends him, the Bible says God spoke to him and sent him to the desert road. Obviously, he knew where that was. He goes down to the desert road, and the Bible says there's a eunuch up there in that chariot. Run up to him and you know talk to him, and he's like, "Hey, do you understand what you're reading?" And the eunuch said, "How can I unless someone explains it to me?" <laughs> and then they had this great conversation. I'm sure that's exactly how it happened. But it's, hey, it's biblical, man. It's in the Bible. I'm just saying, it's in the Bible. Truth is truth. Truth is truth. No matter how you, but you know what I'm saying. He had specific ministry there, and then. Um, God like zaps him out like Star Trek, like mm-hmm. somewhere else. But all through it, he focuses on the one. Paul, you see him preaching to hundreds and maybe even thousands of people, and then you see him also step back and focus on the one. And so that is a that is a biblical ministry model. Yes, we are supposed to be about reaching people for Christ, but we should we should always take time to focus on the one. That's good. You know, we need people. People need Jesus, and sometimes it's our responsibility to connect the two, especially in ministry. Uh, why do we often find ourselves running from this responsibility? Because people are messy. Um, I think one of the biggest mistakes that church um, church world started communicating to people several years ago is if you're messy, don't come here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking for really perfect people. And what we began to discover is there were no pe- perfect people in our church. They were just hiding a bunch of sin and they would come to church. It wasn't a place where we could actually confess our sins to one another and pray for each other so that we may be healed. It was a place a place where we could come and basically everything Jesus said not to do in Matthew chapter 6, like don't pray really long prayers, don't make your gifts you know, public, things like that, we violated all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it, it's not a place for perfect people. And so when we get involved with people, we've got to be willing to engage the mess. And that's exactly what God did for us through Jesus is he 
engaged the mess. He didn't say, hey, go get your life really organized and put together and then come back here. Jesus goes, hey, man, I know you're broken, and it's okay. I'm going to walk with you through this process. And so that that's one of the things, that's one of the reasons we run from people is they're either not cleaning themselves up as quickly as we think they, they should, or we forget that were it not for Jesus, we would be completely screwed. Yep. And you know, um, I'd say Jesus was probably a pretty busy guy. He had a lot going on. Oh, yeah, His son of God. Kept, yeah. yeah. And so it seems uh, as a church, like you mentioned earlier, church grows. There's more people, more things going on. Things have to be run more efficiently. And it's just so easy to lose focus on those individual people. Uh, talk to the guys out there that are uh, maybe leading a church that's small or they're starting to experience some growth. And the importance, again, of just not losing sight of the individuals in the mass of people. Yeah, the thing is, and I tell guys all the time, there comes a point where maybe you can't have a conversation with everybody. Um, You can't um, go to everybody's house for dinner. You can't um, talk to everybody on the phone. You can't. Um, The problem's not you can't talk to everybody. The problem is when a leader says, well, because I can't talk to everybody, I won't talk to anybody. That's good. And what happens there is isolation, and a leader gets isolated from the people that God's actually called him to shepherd. Now, a leader's responsibility is to make sure that people are cared for, and one of the things we always say around here is a church is not effective when the pastor ministers to the people, but the body ministers to the body, and so the pastor's job and the church leader's job is to make sure that environment exists. However, if a pastor or church leader isolates themselves from what I call Average, ordinary, everyday people, um, they're, they're going to find themselves in a lot of trouble. Some of the best input I get um, from for our church is, is are from people that my wife and I have, friends that we have, that really aren't on staff. And it's really cool to hear things from their point of view because, you know, church staff, we think like church staff. Mm-hmm. Non-church staff, they think like non-church staff. You should definitely have some non-church staff friends. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, the second part of the talk, uh, you challenge our our staff uh, that we should uh, or don't get distracted from people. What are some things that can distract us from people? Oh, my gosh. I mean, there's, well, first of all, ministry. Ministry distracts us from people. I mean, it's like, okay, I got to get this from point A to point B. And on from point A to point B, you walk by a woman that's sitting on a bench sobbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go, well, I, I mean, I got to get this. I got to get this done. Well, okay, if that, she is not a distraction, she is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's times like that where you've got to stop and understand that person really does have a soul. They're broken right now. They obviously matter to God. What do I need to do? Like, why did God allow me to see this, and what do I need to do in this moment? Um, Twitter and Facebook can distract us from people. Uh, we recently had a no Twitter on Sunday rule, or no no Twitter between services rule. Like, as the, or, uh, let me back up because I don't even know what the heck I'm saying right now. We talked That's about right. Twitter, and we talked about how some somebody had wrote on an employee evaluation that they see staff members walking around between services with their phones, looking at Twitter rather than ministering to people. And I thought. Okay, that's done. That's over. So I, I told the staff, and I'm not sure if it was, you know, I, we're not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. We're just not doing that anymore. Like, if you're caught doing that, you're going to get in some serious trouble because you, you don't need to be updating your Facebook profile or 
twittering about how many people are at church, and then you're not even talking to the people that God has put right in front of you. So um, Twitter's not a bad thing. Uh, Facebook's not a bad thing, but it can be a distraction on Sundays. Um, another thing that can be a distraction is, quote, my office. i got to go to my office and work. No, on Sundays, your butt better be out of your office and talking to people between the services because those are the people that God has called us to reach and minister to. That's really good. Um, we've sort of talked around this, but I'm just going to ask it this way. Interacting uh, with people can be draining. How do you protect yourself from being distracted? Well, I mean, people are draining, but you got to remember that for every person that drains you, you probably drain somebody else. So, I mean, it kind of works itself out. You know what I'm saying? Um, you got to protect yourself from being distracted by understanding what distracts you. Okay, If you know Twitter's going to be a distraction, then when you're in the lobby between services, don't have your phone with you. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! What if somebody needs to get in touch with me? I don't know what they do. Two thousand years before now, when somebody <laughs> needed to get in touch with somebody, you know, um, you got to understand what distracts you. You got to recognize that, and then you got to remove those distractions from your life. That's good. Um, you've mentioned uh, uh, the employee evaluations we do. You got a comment on that? Uh, we do three month and one year evaluations on. From all new employees, this is not evaluating them, though we do that. This is them evaluating New Spring Church, their yes. their their team, their this organization. Why is that so important uh, for our leadership team? It's so important because when you get in, when you're in a church culture, after a while, you can't see what other people can see, and so I enjoy reading those because I'm like, oh my gosh, let, you know, look at that. And I ripped that, I totally ripped that idea off of North Point and Andy Stanley and those guys down there. But I was like, oh, my gosh, they see it with really fresh eyes. And so that's a way for us to see this organization through fresh eyes. And that's where um, one of the things that kind of spurned this whole leadership talk was um, a staff member said, hey, I saw uh, I see a lot of staff checking Twitter during between services, and I saw one staff member looking at his Twitter feed during an all-staff last month. And I was like, oh, heck no. Like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know who the heck that was. And I don't want to know. I do not want to know. I didn't ask. I was just like – that better not happen. I mean, that's just not cool. I mean, it's very disrespectful um, to uh, get so addicted to technology that we forget people. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, your Facebook friends aren't your friends. Yep. They're just not your friends. I mean, your friends are the people you lock eyes and do life with. So true. Uh, the third part of the talk uh, was simply this. Don't think you're better than people. Uh, and you mentioned uh, that sometimes, you know, people as they uh, – become more prominent or more important, at least in the world's eyes or in the church world's eyes, sometimes they forget to be nice. Uh, Why is that? It's because we forget what Jesus did for us. We forget where Jesus found us. We forget, um, quote, unquote, spiritually mature people can be some of the biggest rear ends on the planet because they forget at one time they weren't spiritually mature. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, if you have to boast in how spiritually mature you are, you're not. That's like the 12-year-old screaming at his mom, I can drive. You can't drive. You don't have a license. You can't even shave. Shut up and sit down. Go back and watch Scooby-Doo. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? It, it's, yeah. it's frustrating. But what happens is we get to a place sometimes as church leaders where you know, we're reading our Bibles and we're you know, praying and we're in church culture and we look at people that are struggling through life, and we look down on them, and then we're mean. Mm-hmm. We're, you shouldn't do this, and you shouldn't do that, when we're not trying to take the time to understand these people. I mean, here's what I found out about most people that are doing stuff that they know they shouldn't do. They know they shouldn't do it, 
They just don't know how to stop. And they're not going to listen to somebody that's a complete rear end. They're going to listen to somebody that they actually perceive cares and loves and cares about them and loves them. I don't see how a Jesus follower can get less nice. That just doesn't make sense to if me. If you're getting angry and mean, if 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 you're the longer in church you're getting angrier and mean, meaner, you're not following Jesus. You're probably following the spiritual idolatry of theology. Yep. Um, and I'm or not personal I, preference. Yep. I, I'm not against theology. I think everybody says, "Well, I'm not into theology." No. Well, you are. You do have a theological right. um, stance. But when people love theology more than they actually love Jesus, and you can tell who they are um, because they're always attacking, criticizing, biting tearing down people that they perceive who aren't as good as them, um, that is just a dangerous place to be. The closer you get to Jesus, the more love and compassion you feel for, for other people. You don't feel the need to criticize and condemn on a consistent basis. Yeah, Mature Christians should be like the happiest people in the world. Happiest, like... Easy to get along easiest with. Easiest to get along with. The most accepting. Absolutely. But it doesn't seem to be that way in the real world. No, it seems like the longer you're in church, the meaner you get. And I understand. I've been to some business meetings. A few <laughs> of those, few of those things will drive you. I mean, your church is deacon possessed, and you got all kinds of That's problems right. going on. I mean, it's crazy. Check yourself. Uh, how do you mentioned in the in the talk to our our staff how the importance of being thankful? How does being just being thankful protect us from not being nice? Well, because if you're thankful. You're always thanking Jesus for saving you. And if you're thanking Jesus for saving you, sometimes your mind will flash back to who you used to be when you, or you know, what you used to do before you weren't as mature as you are right now. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's by His grace I was saved. It's by His grace I have been transformed. I am being transformed. It was nothing I did on my own merit. It was everything that He did on His merit. Man, I should thank Him for that. And when you begin to thank him for what he's done for you, you you begin to realize, oh my gosh, he's doing this for other people, and it causes it. A thankful heart is not an entitled heart, and the reason some people are mean is because they feel so entitled. So, I, I, man, I'm just telling you, there is a there is, I mean, over and over and over again in the scriptures, we're commanded to be thankful, and the reason why is it protects us from being mean. Yep, that's good. Uh, I love the challenge that you gave uh, to our staff. Uh, in this meeting where you tell everybody uh, once a quarter at least, no matter what team you serve on, uh, is to be in our care room on a Sunday, and later you say, or in the first-time visitor room, because you want to make sure our staff gets in front of people. Yep. Why is this so uh, important um, for us? Well, let's say you got somebody in the production area, and some of the production area people, they, they, they never interact with people. And if you know a lot of production area people, you know why they don't interact with people because they're production people. They're weird, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or some of the web people, they mm-hmm. they just they're weird. And Jesus loves them, um, but that's about all, you know. I mean, <laughs> no, they're great. They they really are great people. Our podcast may not make it. Our pad, on the web now. They may, it may not. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just speaking truth here, bro. I mean, uh, and you know, so so you get the web people or you get the production people who don't see. Um, real people on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the danger of being just locked up in web world. You think it's real world, and most of web world is not real world. So true. Um, and so 
what I want those guys to do is lock eyes at least four times a year with the people that we're called to reach because th- that kind of recasts the vision for the mm-hmm. guy that runs the lights or the guy that does production or the guy that's doing sound. He's like, oh, I'm doing sound because um, there's this girl named Jackie whose husband just left her and she has two kids, and that's who I run sound for every week. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I'm doing sound for... Mike. Mike is a recovering cocaine addict who's been coming for two weeks, and he says he's really close to receiving Christ, and that's why I do mm. the lighting. Or that's that's who that's who said they came to our church for the first time because they watched us on the web. So it puts a name behind everything that we're doing, and um, man, I I just love that our staff is doing this. I do too. Puts a purpose behind the the task. Um, what I also love about this is that you set this expectation for our staff. But you didn't eliminate yourself from this. This is something that you're doing. Right. Now, how important is it for a leader to model what he expects? I don't think a leader should declare something if he's not ready to do it. Like if he said, we're going to work hard this week, he better be willing to work hard this week. If he says, hey, we're all going to go the extra mile this week, he better be willing to go the extra mile. Um, Too many leaders love to declare and nobody loves to do. If he says, hey, we're going to, you know, let's let's try to, um, you know, be it, be at the office every every day by nine o'clock. If he's rolling in at ten fifteen, um, th- that's just I don't think that's integrity. And I've had people go, well, it's my right to roll in at ten fifteen. Well, maybe it's, maybe it is your right. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe you've busted your butt. Maybe you've worked hard. I'm saying if you're pushing down on something and you're expecting perceive people to perceive it as a value, then you need to be modeling that value. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I'm I'm one of those guys that I'm like, hey, I want the staff to do this. I'm going to do this as well because I know what it does for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just to be honest. There's a little selfishness there because I spend time in the green room talking to first-time guests, and I'm hearing stories about people being saved, stories about lives being transformed, stories about things like that. And that stuff never gets old to me. I love that. I love it too. Well, you know, we've gone through these three sections uh, of our talk. Don't look past people. Don't get get distracted from people. And don't think you're better than people because – we're in the people business. Uh, as we close today, uh, I just want to remind everybody at the beginning of the clip we shared, uh, you, sh- you said that, hey, we count numbers because we're in the people business. As we close today's podcast, tell our listeners why we focus on the numbers and why it actually helps us focus on people. Well, the people that say they don't focus on the numbers need to stop counting the offering um, because uh, I think everybody does focus on the numbers and the people that Churches that'll count the offering but won't count the people, they're just focused on the wrong numbers. That's right. Um, I, Pete, like, listen, every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story matters to God. We say that all the time here at New Spring Church, and we are interested in the numbers increasing, the number of people going to heaven and not going to hell, the number of marriages being restored, the number of addicts being set free, the number of excluded becoming included. Like, we care about that. We care about more and more people coming to church because we think Jesus died for it. That's right. And so I think the church that says they're not obsessed with numbers, but they're like you'll hear churches say, well, we're not obsessed with numbers, we're obsessed with discipleship. Well, show me one disciple in the Bible that wasn't an evangelist. You cannot separate um, discipleship and evangelism. And so every one of those... And when the, the reason why people matter is when you begin to lock eyes with these people, talk to them, hear their stories, hear what they're going through, hear what they're wrestling with, you really do understand, man, I want to see as many people as possible transformed by the love of Jesus Christ and His church as possible. 
That's so good. We're uh, not just about doing church. We're about reaching people because we're in the people business. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for everybody out there who uh, tuned in today. Uh, we'll be back next month uh, with another Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great summer, and we'll see you next time.